Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Look what, look what Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's what? Schemes. Remember last week we talked about him being the father of lies, the accuser of men. He has schemes. In other words, he, he tries to be crafty. He's a schemer. He's a trickster. Today, if you feel like your life is, is just a little bit upside down, you, you don't know where you're stepping into, it may be the devil is just trying to throw some schemes your way, but I believe you're in the right place at the right time because if God be for you, come on, we said, who can be against us? So he tries to do these schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Remember, that's what we said, the space verse. This is what this series is all about. We're not fighting each other. We're not fighting our husband. We're not fighting our wife. We're not fighting our sons. We're not fighting our daughters, our boss. There's actually a spiritual realm that wants to attack us, that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So this is what Paul is talking about. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. That's what this whole series is about. We are going to stand. We are going to fight. Go, go with me about two chapters before. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. If you have my Bible, it's the page right before it. Page 780. If you have a different Bible, then you can, I, don't, I have no idea. Ephesians chapter 4. Can we read a little bit more? Is it cool if we read in church? Some people are like, no, and we're just going to pray for you. But Ephesians chapter 4. This is what I want to talk about today, the church. Look at what Paul is talking about here, about the church. Beginning in verse 1, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If anything, that verse 3, I want you to underline it, highlight it. That would be today's highlight verse that I think it's, 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 it's really, it wraps up what we're going to talk about. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, every effort. Through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. That, that, that verse right there, it is so rich. It is so awesome. I wish we had some time, but that's a different topic, a different teaching for another day. But uh, just if you go home and study that, that is amazing. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people, listen, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? May be built up. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that we come to a church that builds us up. This world is full of people that want to tear us down. I think if anything, when we come into the house of God, we should leave built up. That we don't come in here hitting people over the head and tearing people down. We believe that this is the place that we enjoy, not endured. We get built up because there's a fight outside. There is a war going on outside. We need to get prepared in here so that we can go out there. Can I get an amen? 
Anybody want to be built up today? Come on, we're going to be built up. He says, so that we can be built up to equip his people to be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful what? Scheming. There we go, the word again. Scheme. Scheming. We talked about scheming. Here we see it again. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become... That's just another demon, so let's just pray. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect a mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Out of those 16 verses, I want to share a message with you this morning. If you're taking notes, which I hope you do, remember they check notes in heaven, so you want to make sure you write a lot of notes. I've titled this talk, I've titled this message, you can write it down, We the Church. We the Church. Thank you, Lewis. One great. We the church, and uh, I believe that today we're going to talk about the church, and I hope that you leave built up, edified, inspired, and one thing that I've determined that I'm going to do in my life is that I'm going to fight for the church. I didn't say our church, the church, the global church. We need to fight and support and be there for one another, and hopefully that's what we get out of today. I'm going to try to unpack this a little bit over the next 20, 25 minutes. Um, I don't have no clock. Amazing. Praise Jesus. Uh, that means we're going to go full-on revival mode today. And uh, anybody want a revival today? Come on. We're just going five hours. Non- Some people are like, no, 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 no. no. I'm kidding. I'm uh, 20, 25 minutes, and we'll worship Jesus, and then we'll go have an amazing day. I really believe you're the most spiritual service. Don't say that to the nine or the one. You're the most spiritual because you, you really put Jesus right in the middle of your day. 9 a.m., they just want to get it over with and go home, and 1 p.m., they want to sleep in, but you put Jesus right in the middle, and uh, I think that is awesome. Come on, let's close our eyes, bow our head. Let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. We thank you that you are so good toward us, God. Thank you for what you're doing here in this uh, campus, God, in Kendall for the 9 a.m., for the 11, for the 1 p.m. Thank you, God, for our our campus over in the city, God, our city campus. Thank you for that 7 p.m. service on Sunday nights. Thank you for every leader. Thank you for every person on team. Thank you that we are owners of the vision. Thank you that we are moving forward, that Jesus, he is the center, that people, they are the call. Thank you that, God, generosity, it is who we are. God, thank you that, God, you're moving here in this place. Thank you that today you want to open up eyes set people free, heal, and deliver people. I pray that even right now you start to heal, save, and set people free, God. We thank you for the city of Miami. There is no city like our city, God. Thank you that we live in this place. Continue to bless it. Thank you that you're moving in the churches of Miami. Thank you that we get to play a small part in that, God. We love you, God. And speaking of Miami, thank you that I know you're already going to do it. Thank you for bringing Dwayne Wade back, God. In Jesus' mighty name. And get that fourth championship ring. In Jesus' name, all God's people say Oh, come on, all God's people say, come on, can you give Jesus one more shout of praise? Come on.
as I was telling you, um, me and Hera got to spend some time in Mexico this week, and uh, we really had an incredible, incredible time. It was awesome to be with uh, Church Mas Vida, and this church is just bursting at the seams, 10,000 people. It was amazing. Me and Hera got to be there all week, and we had a blast. It was awesome, and obviously, the things in Mexico are, are, are beautiful, and one of the things that we loved was, uh, the beautiful thing was beautiful food. Beautiful food. Anybody love Mexican food? Like I was talking about, come on. Mexican food. We thought we loved Mexican food until we ate real Mexican food. We thought Mexican food was chipotle and chilies, and it's not. It is the real deal over there. We went to this one place where we ate some tacos for literally 50 cents a taco. And uh, I ate about three. That's all I could do. Hedda had about 20, and so pray for him. And uh, we both, we both. Have you ever overeaten? Anybody in here, have you ever overeaten? I haven't, so maybe you could tell me later, but have you ever, have you ever overeaten and, ever, and you said, man, that, that, that wasn't worth it. I shouldn't have done that. Have you ever felt that way? Like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Me and Hedda had a couple nights where, like, we probably had a little bit too much tacos, and uh, so we're going to fast this whole week. But um, you ever, like, have you ever been trying to, like, work out and, and have a clean diet, if you know what I'm talking about? A train dirty, eat clean, whatever that means, nobody knows. But, but, but you ever trying to eat clean, and all of a sudden, somebody brings to the office or home, they bring a donut or a cookie, and you have one, maybe two, maybe really five, and you're like, man, that wasn't worth it. Has that ever happened to you? It wasn't worth it. There's this saying that says, a moment on the lips is forever on the hips. Rich said that's why his hips don't lie. That's, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just weird. <laughs> but you're like, man, that wasn't worth it. I shouldn't have had that dessert. There's a lot of stuff that we do that really isn't worth it if you think about it. We're like, man, that isn't worth it. I don't know. Have you ever argued or maybe not argued, but, you know, I just know some of you don't argue. You ever had a nice talk with your wife or your husband? <laughs> And it turns into a little bit of a discussion, and uh, maybe it gets a little bit, little bit more intense, and it turns into a fight, and uh, you're just like, oh, my goodness. Uh, at the end of the day, you're like, really, we were arguing about that? We got into all this argument and all this fighting over this little topic. You know what I'm talking about? Me and Anna have no idea, but maybe you could tell me. But we're just like, man, that wasn't worth it. Why, why did I do this? Just like there's stuff that's not worth it. How many know there's stuff that is worth it? There's stuff that, that we do that is worth it. We were talking to somebody in Mexico who was telling us that they love going on family vacations, and he's their leader in church, and he works hard, but he said, you know what? I've determined to take more vacations with my family because memories are worth it. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend time with my wife. And I thought about that. I'm like, man, that is so awesome. There's some things that we do that are worth it. Have you ever really, 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 really just said, ah, I don't feel like waking up in the morning, but I know I got to hit the gym. I know how to work out. This bed is way more comfortable than the gym. And you're like, the struggle is real. But then finally you crawl out of bed and you're literally crawling to turn the lights on. And that demon alarm is going off and you finally shut it off in Jesus' name. And you, you get to the gym and you're hating life. But when you get out and you're all full of sweat, and you are drenched and your heart is pumping, how many know that you can say, man, it was worth it? Say that every morning when I hit the gym. It was worth it. I know you can tell. It was worth it. It was worth it. I started thinking about this lately, worth. As I was sitting in Mexico during one of the services, I started thinking, man, this is worth it. One of the things that is worth it is fighting for the church of Jesus Christ. 
it is worth throwing your life into the church that Jesus is building. What is not worth it is entering into some of the conversations sometimes that we have, some of the criticism that we have sometimes, some of the negativity that we have sometimes about the global church. That is not worth it. What is worth it is building the church of Jesus, being a part of the church of Jesus, throwing our roots deep down and saying this is God's design, this is God's idea. It may not be perfect, but it's my church, it's his church. I'm going to throw my life into this thing. It is worth it. To see marriages restored, to see people being delivered, to see people being set free, to see being people get a new journey in their life and following Jesus, it is absolutely worth it to be a part of what God is doing. That's why the songwriter in the book of Psalms says, oh man, I was glad when they told me, I rejoice, let us go to the house of the Lord because there is nothing like being in church on a Sunday morning. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come on, is there anybody glad this morning that you're in the house of God, that you got life in your lungs, that we get to worship Jesus, that he's a good God, that we are part of his church. There is nothing like it. My God, I love the church of Jesus. I love it. I've fallen in love with it more than ever before in recent times. Many of you know I've said this before and I've shared this before. I grew up in church. Anybody grow up in church? How many of you know when you grow up in church, you see some things? You see some things that make you not want to love the church at times. I grew up in church, like literally my brother, my sister fighting. We were in the hallways running around and fighting with one another and running around the auditorium empty throughout the day. I grew up in church all the days of my life, but it isn't until recently that I got the revelation of the power of a local church. It is a powerful organization, living organism that God has put in cities and community to be the hope and the light here to this world that needs it. Lately, I've been able to see how the church can come together and collect some money and be able to bless a family that has no food. I've been able to see how the church can come together and we collect some money and we're able to pay somebody's rent who just lost their job. I've been able to see how the community can gather around somebody that used to be lost and used to have a life that was totally upside down, but they get into this community called the church, and they are surrounded by godly people, and now they're on a new journey, on a new destination, and they got people next to them that say, no, 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 come on, you're not going that way anymore. I'm going to pick you up if you fall. I'm going to pray for you. Come on. Is anybody glad that we have the church? It's beautiful. It is a beautiful place. It's not perfect, but it's beautiful. It really is. And so maybe you're like, okay, well, really, what, what, what is the church? In the Greek, the church is the word ekklesia. Ekklesia, and it's really the assembly of the called out ones. Anybody glad that we were called out? Come on, we were called out from death to life, from darkness to light. Come on, we were called out, and we, and we assembled together. We, we are the church. We are, you and I are the church. I know many times we say, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to church this morning. We tell our coworkers, hey, you should go to my church. And I know we use it all the time, and I've used it all the time, but really, uh, we are the church. This is just a building with four walls. There's some lights, there's a mic, there's some speakers, and there's a good-looking guy talking, but really, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even plan that one. That was awesome. But, but when we all leave, the church has left the building. You and I are the church. We can gather in your living room. We can gather in my living room. We don't need a mic. We don't need lights. We don't need a screen. A cappella. We could just start singing with our messed up voices and all. And right there, the spirit of God will come down. And we are having some church. We are the church. 
You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. You belong to the church. This is not a place you attend. This is not a place that you come to on Sundays. This is not, oh, my church is the one that I go to. No, you are a part of this. You are the church of Jesus. Love this, and we say this often. Church is not a place we attend. Church is who we are. Church is not a place we attend. Church is who we are. You and I, we are the church. And if, if anything that the devil wants to destroy is the church. We're talking about fighting. This is a series about fighting. We've been talking about this for the past four weeks. We talked about fighting for our mind. We talked about fighting for our marriages. Last week we talked about fighting for our souls and the war that is against our hearts and our souls. Today we're talking about the fight for the church. The devil wants to destroy the church. That's why Paul, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he starts to talk about the importance of the church. Somebody say the church. It is extremely important that we understand that there is an attack against the church ever since its beginning days. Because Satan hates the church. Like, like the devil right now, remember we talked about this last week, that the devil is, is real, that Satan is real. And a lot of people don't want to say Satan, don't want to say devil here. There's nothing to be afraid of. God is with us. But, but he's real. He, this morning, he's not, like, happy that we're here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the devil is not right now sitting back in a lawn chair like... <laughs> They sound so great. It's amazing. I'm glad they gathered. That's cool. Like, he hates that we are together getting edified, getting built up, getting our minds cleared, making sure that no attack is coming into our mind, and we are focusing on Jesus. The devil is angry this morning. That's why some of you, while we're sitting in here, you're getting these thoughts like, oh, my God, did I, did I leave my iron on? Hold on. I haven't eaten lunch. I'm hungry. Hold on. He just said about Mexican food. I want some tacos now. Like, and he's just trying to throw all types of distractions. And, and you had a fight on the way over here. As soon as you get out of here, something will happen. And, and you'll start an argument with somebody. Why? Because the devil is trying to get you unfocused. He doesn't want you to be in church. But we are determined to fight for this thing and to make sure we are an impact and an influence in this city. We're going after the church. We're going to build the church. So in Ephesians, he says, hey, 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 I want you to know you are one body, one calling, one hope, one father in us, through us all. And he starts off by saying, I beseech you, I beseech you, I urge you to please be humble and love one another, forgive one another. That's how he started as he talked about family. We're a family. Sometimes we don't treat each other like family. Sometimes we're easier to forgive people outside the family than people inside the family. And Paul is saying, hey, I want you to love one another. We're a family. Sometimes Paul talks a little bit intense because we're a family. How many know sometimes in family there's intense conversations? I had some intense conversations growing up, if you know what I mean. We included la chancleta and a belt, if you know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> sometimes in family we got we, we to we have a meeting and say, hey, we're, we're going to get it together. What, what's going on in the church? Sometimes things are happening in the church, in the family, and it's like, hey, hey, hey don't do that. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to talk. We're not going to be spreading rumors. We're not going to talk about the negativity. We're going to fight. We're going to fight for unity. We're going to fight to stay united. We are family. We're in this together. Don't, don't, don't let the devil come and do that. Don't let the devil play with your mind. Don't let the devil come and distract you. Don't let the devil bring negative words out of your mouth against God's body. Wait, wait, wait. We are the church. Paul is saying, hey, 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 let's do it. Look at what he says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I love the verse, the one I told you to underline. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. What he means there is to strain, to go forward with all you have to keep the unity. In other words, fight for unity. Fight for the church. 
fight to maintain what God wants to do in this place. I don't know about you, but I'm going to try to keep my eyes open that any time the devil wants to come into my life and whisper a lie about another church or whisper a lie about this church and it wants to push me to speak negative about somebody or speak a criticism against somebody, because can I be real? It happens to all of us right there. I'll say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm going to make every effort to keep the peace, to keep unity, to make sure we are united, to make sure we are one together, because this is God's house, the house that God wants to use, the church that God wants to use to heal, to save, to deliver, to light up in this world. Come on, we are going to fight for church. We're not going to put the church down. We're not going to talk negative about the church. We're not going to complain about the church. Sometimes it ain't always pretty, but it's God's bride. Come on, let's be real. How many, all of us, many of us, so often we talk so negative about the church. I don't like it. I don't like that pastor. I don't like this person. I don't like the way they do it. I don't like, we're, we're a family. We're all in this together. It's a global church. We each have our services on Sunday. We meet and gather in different places, but we're one family. We are in this together. And Paul is like, hey, hey, don't, don't do that. He's talking about characteristics that we should have, being humble and loving. And If I could share three things, and the devil is a liar with that clock, and I hate it. But if I could share three things with you pretty quick, and then I want us to pray at the end more than anything. I'll write this down. We are going to... Know that we are always fighting against pride. Love unites, pride divides. We're going to fight our pride. If we're not careful, this is one of the easiest things that comes into the church. All of a sudden, we'll be sitting in a service, and the devil will come and put a thought in our mind and be like, they're always putting her to sing. Why is she always leading worship? I think they haven't heard my voice. I have the voice of an angel. They call me Adele at work. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we'll start looking around, and we're like, why, why does she always get opportunities? Why does he always get opportunities? Wait, wait, that's Paul saying, hey, make every effort to stay united. If we're not careful. Pride will keep in in ways we even have no idea about. All of a sudden, we're looking at things, and why, why are they always they, they're, they're always together. I don't understand. There's like little cliques in church. Oh, my God, there's little circles of friends. Well, wait, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus have a circle of friends as well? Maybe is that a little bit of, of a spirit of rejection, and maybe you're just feeling a certain way, and you're projecting that on the outside. Maybe you could, should join a team, and maybe right there you'll find some friends and find your own circle as well. Here we believe that roles turn into circles, and God wants to surround you with a family, and God wants to surround you with friends. But if we're not careful, something like that will get us to criticize the church and then eventually leave the church. No, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. They're always together. And uh, no, no, I don't even know if I'm going this Sunday. I'm so sick and tired of it. Today, there is no greeter to greet me at the door. There's nobody to show me where to park my car. I don't like it. They, I don't like it. The church ain't always perfect. The church ain't always pretty. But make sure that our pride doesn't get in the way. Make sure that we are always fighting against our pride and say, wait a minute, this is God's house. I'm going to plant my feet. I'm going to make sure I'm planted in the house of God. I'm going to throw my roots deep. Oh, come on. This is the house of God. Are there going to be issues? Always because it's full of people and people got issues. Newsflash, if you didn't know, you got some issues. <laughs> we all have issues. Issues. But let's die to our pride. 
Oh, you know how long I've been on the host team and they still haven't promoted me? I've been opening this door for five years. Well, were you there serving God or serving men? You know how long I've been in kids' ministry? I'm about to kick one of these kids. I can't stand them. I thought by now, by now I'll be a teacher, a preacher, an apostle. I mean, I have a word. If you hear me share this word, oh, my God, the church will shake. And, my God, revival will break out. But they haven't asked me yet because they haven't promoted me. Promotion doesn't come from man. It comes from God. Let's be faithful. Let our motives always be right. Let our motives always be right and say, I'm just here to serve God. I don't care what it is. I, I, will, I will clean the bathrooms forever. I don't care. You know one of the things we're going to name our, our, our team that cleans up the church? We're going to call it Excellence Team. People always look down on something like that. It's like, oh, they're cleaning the bathrooms, they're cleaning the floors. They're cleaning. No, no, we're keeping the house of God excellent. And we enjoy keeping the house of God excellent. This is the house of God. We love it. We're going to care for it. I don't care if I'm here 5, 10, 15 years doing the same thing. Oh, better is one day in the house of God than a thousand days elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Come on. We're, we got to die to our pride. If we're not careful, division begins to happen. And all of a sudden, negative conversations begins to happen. All of a sudden, somebody, will, you'll get together with somebody. And you'll be like, come here, come here. Can I tell you something? Yeah, yeah, what's going on, brother? How you doing, brother? Yeah, everything okay? Yeah, yeah, just, I just have this thing, man. Um, you know, I, I've been doing this for three years, and they haven't promoted me. Do you know what she's done and she's promoted? I mean, this is not for gossip. This is for prayer. Let's pray about it. But <laughs> if we're not careful, we end up talking about the bride of Christ. The church is a building, a spiritual building. The Bible says we're living stones. The church is a bride and the church is a body. I don't know about you, but you can talk about anything, but don't talk about my bride. Any husbands in here? Come on, let me see. Any husbands? You, you, you could have shot her right there. That was brownie points. I gave you, I gave you. Come on, any, any husbands in here? <laughs> Some wives are like, you better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> husbands, come on. You know they can touch anything, but don't, don't talk about my family. Don't talk about my bride. Like, you, you can say whatever you want about me, but don't talk about my Colombian queen sitting right there. Like, like that's my bride. That's my, that, that's my, that's my sugar foot. That's my boo-boo. That's my, that's my queen. That's, that's going to be my baby's mama, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, you can talk about me, but don't talk about my wife. Jesus calls the church his bride. His bride. How often do we talk negative about Jesus' bride? Wait, 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 the, the, the Jesus we say we follow, the Jesus we say we believe in, the Jesus that we're throwing our lives into, yet we criticize his bride, and we talk about his bride, and we make fun of his bride, and we mock his bride, and we murmur and complain against the bride. I, I think that that contrites the heart of Jesus. Like you're talking about my bride. There's nothing like having your bride. This is my bride. You're proud of your bride. You love your bride. You want to have your bride, your bride by your side always, looking beautiful and speaking life to her. Mo, York's coming soon. But, but you want to have a bride there. Jesus loves his bride. And the church sometimes, all they do is throw shots at each other. We're going to die to our pride. And we're going to say, you know what, we're not going to join the kingdom of darkness in fighting against the church. We're going to fight for the church. 
we're not going to join the kingdom of darkness and breaking apart and bringing the vision. But when something comes up, right there we say, wait, 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 wait a minute. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be part of no gossip. I don't want to be part of no rumor. If we're really going to pray, then let's pray about it. And instead of talking about somebody, how about we go talk to that person? We're not going to do that. We're not going to bring the vision into this place. We're going to love. We're going to be humble. We're going to forgive. We're going to cover one another. Come on, we got to go that extra mile. We're not going to fight against what God is trying to build. So many times God is building and we're fighting. God wants to build us up and all we're doing is knocking down blocks that he's building up. Let's fight the pride. Let's fight the pride. If we could all be honest and transparent this morning, I think we all have pride on the inside. We all have measures of pride on the inside that we have to fight. Have, have, I, have I talked against the church? Have I criticized the church? Have I, have I talked negative about a pastor? Or have I talked negative about certain people? Have I been murmuring about what God is trying to build? I don't know about you, but I, I found myself in a place like that. Where I had to come before God and I had to repent. Say, God, I, I've been in church my whole life and maybe I've seen some things that I, I didn't like, but, it, but it's your bride. It's your church. And you're building it. It's your body. It's your building. And we're not going to join into conversations that we shouldn't be a part of. We are better together. We are better together. If we're going to do an impact and an influence in the city, it's not just going to be by us dreaming and going out and building 10 campuses. We also need Generation Church. We also need Christ Fellowship. We also need Voo Church. We also need Vineyard Church. It's going to be a whole bunch of us in this city making an impact and an influence wherever we are. We are in this together. It's not about one church, but it is about one name, the name of Jesus. Come on. We're in this to fight our pride. So maybe today you could be like me where we just look on the inside and say, God, is it, is it me? Have I, have I been attacking the thing you're building? thing that you said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Paul says, I want you to know you strive, make every effort, keep the unity, keep the peace. If you got something against somebody, maybe today you need to go up to that person and ask him to forgive you or you forgive them. Come on, let's, let's have a spirit of unity in this house. Let's have a spirit of unity in our city, in our nation, in our world. That we don't walk around holding grudges against the body of Jesus. That we don't walk around being angry. That we don't walk around holding unforgiveness against the pastor, against the leader. If somebody offended you in the past, if somebody did you wrong, if you got hurt at a church, I want to be the first one to say, I'm sorry. I know it's not perfect. I know it's not pretty. But it's God's idea and it's God's design. And it's full of imperfect people, including you and me. But in it, he is building living stones. And it's going to be a beautiful house to shine the light of Jesus. We're all in this together. Don't let an offense of the past hold you back but throw your life into it I don't care what you do but throw everything you can into building God's house it is the best thing in the world to build the house of God there's nothing like it nothing like it they said God maybe you need to look inside and say God forgive me I'm sorry I need to go up to a brother I need to go up to somebody and say I'm sorry I, I know I did I know I did you wrong or, or you did something to me and I've been holding this for so long. I had three points and I got three minutes left. This is crazy. 
Paul continues to talk about gifts then in the church. He says God has given different gifts to everybody. How often we think that everybody needs to be like us and act like us and do the same thing as us. It's diversity that makes the body beautiful. Imagine everybody in your house look the same as you. You'll get sick and tired of yourself. Wake up and see yourself in the kitchen, yourself in the bathroom, yourself in the room, see yourself everywhere. Everybody's talking the same. You're like, wait, there, there's different colors, there's different expressions, there's different gifts. We should embrace them. Paul is saying he's given them all to build the church. To build the church. Second point, diversity builds uniformity limits. We're talking about unity, you're not uniformity. We all have different gifts. We all have different talents. You don't have to look like me, and I don't have to look like you, and I don't have to act like you, and you don't have to act like me. What gift has God has given you? So many times we're focusing on the gift that we don't have that we miss the gift that God has deposited in us. All we're doing is focusing on what we don't have and looking at what so-and-so has. Come on, let, let's fight that envy on the inside and stop focusing on what we don't have. So many years looking at somebody and saying, I, I have that gift too, and I could do the same thing, and why are they choosing me, and, and I can't believe the church. And the whole time, God has deposited a special gift inside of you, but you're missing out because you're looking at somebody else. Comparison will rob you of your destiny. Stop looking over our shoulders and comparing ourselves to one another and say, God, you've given me a gift. I know you're giving me. Maybe your gift is to be an encourager. Maybe your gift is to be a builder. Maybe your gift is to be with kids ministry. Maybe your, your gift is to be out in parking. Maybe your gift is to be a teacher. Maybe your gift is to be a preacher. Maybe your gift is to worship. Maybe your gift is, I don't know what your gift is, but we need every gift. And the body is better with every gift. Stop trying to use somebody else's gifts when your gift is just sitting there not being used. Use your gift for what God wants to do. Come on, how beautiful can the church be if all of us look deep down inside? We say, wait a minute, this is a body, and for the body to function, the left leg needs the right leg, and the right hand needs the left hand, and wait a minute, my heart needs my lungs, and my lungs need my brain, and we're all in this together, we are one body, and all what we become is the left hand talking about the right hand, and the right hand talking about the heart, and the heart talking about the brain without realizing it. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other. Life is better when we do it together. If anything we're going to fight is that we're going to fight disunity. We're going to fight pride. We're going to fight envy. We're going to make sure we stay humble. We're going to make sure we follow Jesus. We're going to make sure the devil doesn't come into our conversations, doesn't come with rumors, gossip, and accusations. That is from the pit of hell. Jesus wants to build his church not based off of gossip, not based off of rumors, but based off people that love and forgive and protect one another. How often do we expose people with a mistake when really what we should do is cover them? How different are we than anybody else then? Right? Like I'm here, God, I'm, I'm going to serve you. I love this leader, I love this pastor, but as soon as we see a fault in them, we're just like, I, I don't know them. I, I, I don't like them. I, I want to join another team. Can you give me another team? I don't like that leader. Why? Because you just you saw their flaws? I thought the, the, the church thing to do would be to cover their flaws, protect their flaws. Say, hey, you're just as fragile and flawed as me. And we're here to protect one another. 
to love one another because we are the church. You and I, we are the church, and we're building the church, and we're going to continue to be the church in love, in mercy, in forgiveness, in the way that we carry ourselves. We, the church, we're going to stand up, and we're going to make a difference in this world. The first way is by the way we treat each other. I don't know about you, church, but I'm determined to fight this thing. I'm determined to throw my life into this thing. I don't care. As long as I live, there's one thing I want to build, and that is the house of God. There's one thing I'm going to throw my life into it, and that is the house of God. There's one thing I want to speak positive about, and that is the house of God. The building, the pride. Oh, come on, the body. If you love Jesus, come on, can you give him a big hand? If you love his church, can you give him a big, big hand this morning? Come on, let's stand up to our feet. Stand up to our feet all over this place. If we could just close our eyes for a moment, I want us. We got maybe about two, three minutes left. I'm gonna try to do this quick, but with our eyes closed and head bowed all over this place. Today, I want us to do a self-examination. Looking at the heart, look, look at your soul. Remember how we started the year? How's my soul? Maybe today we need to ask that question again. How, how's my soul? How's my heart? Do I have something against somebody? Have I, have I been part of a conversation I shouldn't be a part of? Have I, have I talked negative about somebody? Have I criticized the bride of Christ? Have I, have I talked and complained and been part of certain groups, certain conversations that I shouldn't be a part of? There's one thing I'm going to build. There's one thing I'm going to give my time, my money, my life. It's the house of God. It's the bride. It's the body. It's the building. Today, maybe you need to look on the inside and say, God, I'm sorry. I, I've criticized because I've had a bad experience in the past. I've, I've talked negative, and I realize this is your body. This is your church. Right there between you and God. Maybe today we need to repent. We just need to ask for forgiveness and say, God, I'm sorry. It's your bride. Maybe you got something against somebody here today. Maybe what you need to do after service, right? You just need to go up to them and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. We're going to fight our pride. We're going to fight our envy. And we're going to build the house of God together. And we're going to pray for the church, the global church. God, thank you so much for your church thank you for your church it's so beautiful and it's so diverse for the different colors and expressions and giftings God we're sorry this morning if, if we've talked negative about your bride we're sorry if we've talked negative about your building if we've talked negative about your body God, we pray that you will continue to bless your church around the world. God, we pray for greater impact and greater influence for your bride around the world. You're coming back for a church without blemish, without wrinkles, God. Today we ask for forgiveness if we've joined in a conversation, if we've exposed a brother or a sister, if we've talked negative about somebody, we're sorry, God, we want to build your church together. We need each other. We're better in community. We're better living this life together. 
We realize that isolation leads to desolation, God. We don't want to live this life alone and in our pride and in our envy, but we want to build your house and we want to build the house of God, your idea, your design, God. Help us to always bless it. Help us to always talk positive. Help us to always speak life, God. Thank you for every leader. Thank you for every volunteer. Thank you for every pastor in the city of Miami. Thank you for every pastor in our nation. Thank you for every pastor around the globe that have laid down their lives to build your bride. We are the church. We all belong to you. Thank you, Jesus. With eyes closed and head bowed all over this place. Really quick, we're about to go, but if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far from God. Maybe it's your first time coming. Maybe you're here in the auditorium in the overflow listening on the radio or online and you're saying, Alex, I'm, I'm distant from God. I feel guilty. I feel full of shame and I know I got sin in my life. Can I tell you there's good news? There's a God who loves you. There's a God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. And today, it is no coincidence that you walked into this place. God himself brought you in here to remind you that he loves you. If you've never had a relationship with God, today's the day of salvation is what the Bible says. Today you can begin when it doesn't matter what your life looks like right now. God knows exactly what it looks like and he's calling you still. He has his arms wide open. He loves you. Maybe you've had a relationship with God and you walked away. For the last few years you said, Alex, I've been rebellious. I've gone distant. But today you want to come back home. You want to come back to God. You too. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. With eyes closed and head bowed all over this place for privacy and concentration. If you're here and you say, Alex, I need forgiveness. Alex, I want to start a relationship with God. I need Jesus in my life. The Bible says all of us, we are sinners and sin separates us from God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came, he grabbed my sin, your sin. All of our flaws, our mistake, our shame. Went up on a cross, he died for our sins. He didn't just die for us, he died as us. He went into the grave for three days. After three days, Jesus resurrected. He's alive, and today he's offering brand new life, a brand new beginning, forgiveness of sins. Is that the, if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I know hands are going to go up all over this place, and the overflow as well. We got leaders and pastors back there. With every eye closed, you raise your hand. Just hold it up for a few seconds. I'm just going to see you. A leader, a pastor is going to see you, and then you can put it right back down. Hands already going up. One, two, three. Raise it up as high as you can, as high as you can, as high as you can. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else in the overflow, online or on the radio, you raise your hand. Hands raised up everywhere. All of you who raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to say this prayer from the bottom of your heart. In fact, the church... All of us together, we're going to say it with you. Repeat this with me out loud. I believe God is in here. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. From today on, I will follow you all the days of my life. I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.